church and I, I just I love the word I like the word liberty I love what it means um, and I like practicing liberty and tonight and I like preaching about liberty and this morning I'm going to preach about liberty and I want us to turn to Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 and y'all pray for me because you know I, I struggle sometimes you know getting political and stuff in messages and um, uh, I'm going to try not to do that too much but um, you're going to have to pray for me a lot if I'm preaching about liberty. But uh, kids, you can go ahead and head down downstairs for junior church right now. But uh, when it, we're not just going to talk about national liberty today, but we're going to talk about really different kinds of liberty. And I don't know about you, but because I love liberty so much, I want to experience every one of these things. I want to live every one of them. I want to see other people have this same liberty. and Because it is... It's the greatest place to be. Um, our God loves liberty. We're going to see that in the Scriptures. Our, our God hates those who try to take away liberty or keep others from liberty. And it's, it's just a wonderful word. And it's a biblical word. It's not just an American word. It's a biblical word. We see it all over in the Bible. Freedom, it's, it's not an American thing. It is a Bible thing. And thankfully, uh, because our founding fathers were... Bible-loving, God-fearing people—they believed, and they believed in the Word of God, and therefore they believed in liberty. And they uh, they gave us a constitution that I believe is uh, a wonderful constitution. And I t- I, boy, I, I challenge you to read it sometimes, and uh, you might get fired up a little bit when you see what it says, and then try look at what we're doing in this country. But I tell you, it is a good constitution. I think it's about as good as man could possibly do. And I believe God was in it. And I think because they were seeking His direction, they were seeking His guidance. And when you read some of the quotes of them from guys like Benjamin Franklin, a lot of them, when they were you know, writing the Constitution and setting up our government that we have, you know, they were very skeptical of what they were putting together because they're thinking, you know, you know, we're just men. Uh, you know, are are we even capable of you know putting something together that's perfect or something together the way God would want to? But as time went on, many of them who were skeptical before, when they saw how things were coming together, they felt that the divine hand of God was in on it and was directing them and helping them 
uh, do something that was above their own capabilities. And, and I believe God was in it. And I'm, I'm so thankful for our country and for our history and what we need in our country today. It's people who love liberty. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I want to challenge you today to stand fast in the liberty. This liberty that he was talking about here, of course, it wasn't national liberty, but it was talking about really a religious liberty. We don't want to be get all caught up sometimes into religious practices and rules, especially things that aren't biblical. A lot of times people they get so bogged down by tradition that it literally it literally can put them in bondage. Uh, sometimes churches are not able to do what they need to do to be obedient to God or to move forward because they are so controlled by tradition that they, they're not able to move on. God says, I, I'm not called you that. I've given you liberty in the churches. And you need to stand fast in it. And the truth is, we need to stand fast in any liberty. And to stand fast, it basically means to just kind of to stand there, to get positioned, and don't move. I mean, you get there and you're going to fight off anybody that tries to move you or to get you out of liberty and to put you into bondage. And we need people in our country today that love liberty, that believe in liberty, that will do whatever it takes to keep the liberty we have and to be willing to do whatever it takes to maybe get back some liberty that we've lost. And our history, it's full of people like this. And I think, I think this is a very appropriate subject with 4th of July coming up. And I want to talk about some different types of liberty that we need to strive for. Ones that we need to, and ones that we need to stand fast in and not move and not let go of it no matter what we're promised. You know, most people who lose their liberty, uh, they, they lose it very slowly. They don't always lose it necessarily from an army just coming in and invading them that's more powerful than they are. I, I, uh, they usually will lose that liberty through compromise. Somebody comes along and they promise them something. Alright, we'll give you some of our liberty. And they just keep chipping away at it little by little. That's usually the way it goes. Uh, countries like ours, we're not usually destroyed from the outside. We're usually destroyed from within. And so we've got to be very careful. We've got to watch out. We've got to be watchful. And one of the areas that we need to strive for liberty is in our nation. National liberty is something that, once again, it's not an American thing. It's a Bible thing. Go to Jeremiah chapter 34. I want to show you something. And this, there's really a couple types of liberty that this applies to, but one of them is national liberty, I believe. But in Jeremiah 34, verse 12, it says, Therefore the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord. Boy, whenever he said that, thus saith the Lord, I love that. You better pay attention. God's talking here. God's saying something. You better pay attention. This isn't Jeremiah talking here. This is the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondmen, saying, At the end of seven years, let ye go every man his brother in Hebrew, which hath been sold unto thee, and when he hath served thee six years, thou shalt let him go free from thence. But your fathers hearken not unto me, neither incline their ear. And ye were now turned and had done right in my sight in proclaiming 
uh, in proclaiming liberty every man to his neighbor, and ye had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. But ye turned and polluted my name, and caused every man his servant, or, um, and every man his handmaid, whom he had set at liberty at their pleasure, to return and brought them into subjection to be unto you for servants and for handmaids. Therefore thus saith the Lord, ye have not hearkened unto me in proclaiming liberty, every one to his brother, and every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, and I will make you to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth. Well, God is saying here, back when God, uh, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, they had a law that He gave that if you had a servant, after He would serve you for six years, but after that, you let him go. After that, you set him at liberty. I want them free. God wants free, not just free countries, but free individuals. If you don't have free individuals, you don't have a free country. And He wanted them to be free. He said, you let them go. You set them at liberty. Every man, his brother, and they didn't do it. They didn't give these people the freedom that God wanted. They didn't set them at liberty. They kept them in bondage. And God said, you know what? You didn't do your job. You didn't proclaim liberty. Therefore, I'm going to proclaim liberty. I'm going to proclaim liberty to the sword. In other words, I'm going to allow the sword to come and overtake you and you're going to be taking into bondage. Because you have not proclaimed liberty to individuals, I'm going to take liberty from all of you. I'm taking liberty from your nation. And we know that not many years later, Babylon came and they overtook Israel. They were scattered all over the earth. They lost their freedom. They lost their liberty that they had. Their temple was destroyed. They no longer were able to do the things that they needed to do. And God took it away not because Babylon was Babylon didn't take it away, because Babylon was stronger. Listen, if God is on your side as a nation or as an individual, you you can't be stopped. If you ever it's been said before, you know, God plus one equals a majority. I mean if you if God be for us, who can be against us? Well to answer that question, there was really a lot of people that can be against us. But if God's on our side, who cares? They really are insignificant. They don't matter. And God was on the side of Israel. And when God was on their side, they were able to defeat cities like Jericho that had walls that they could know there was no way they could penetrate. They were able to defeat great armies, people like the Amalekites and all the people that battle after battle that they fought and won, ones that they should not have won when they were obedient, when they were proclaiming liberty, but when they stopped that. When they started taking people, when they started keeping people captive and not letting them go, not allowing individuals their freedom, it upset God very much. And God proclaimed the liberty that day, a liberty to the sword. And boy, as a as a country, we want to be a country that promotes freedom, that keeps people at at liberty, that lets them be free. The song that we were singing just talks it talks about you know those coming to this nation. You know, there. I mean, our forefathers. I mean, I don't know how far. I don't know which one of my grandparents was how far back it goes when they came to this country. But I know they didn't start out here. They came over from Ireland or Scotland, one of those places, looking for freedom, not looking for handouts, looking for freedom. And thank God there was a place that they were able to come to, where they could experience that. A nation that welcomed that. You know, in our country today. We're trying to figure out, you know, how we can handle 
all these people trying to come into the country. And listen, I'm not pretending to have all the answers on the immigration thing. There's a big fight for that going on. But and people are always talking about the economics of it. But isn't it good when there's more people? I mean, you know, we have a realtor here. If there's more people coming here, isn't that good? Because so, more people are going to need houses. If you're a builder, uh, you know, hey, that's more people need to buy houses. You know, brother Vanessa, I know you work uh, uh, in with groceries. Hey, if more people are here, isn't that more people that's needing to eat? I mean, all of us, you know, we work in jobs where we kind of need people, don't we? And why is it that we are so concerned about all the people that are trying to come into this nation right now? The problem is, is because Pete and you know they're always like, well, what about you know your forefathers? They came over this country. They are immigrants at one time too. And yes, that's true. And it, but why is it why is it so different now? I think the reason now is because in America, we're not getting people here by promoting liberty to them. We're getting them here by offering handouts and things, and basically putting them in bondage. I mean, the you the people who come to this country and that they are worried about that are draining the system, those people don't live very good existences. Their standard of living are not that great. And I think what we need to get back to in this country is promoting liberty. In other words, hey, come to this country. This is a good place where you can be self-sufficient. This is a good place where you can come and you can work. And you and you can work hard. And you can obtain things for yourself. You can have freedom. But... We're not really promoting those things these days. And people are coming many times for the wrong reasons. And that's why we have a problem. We're not a nation that's proclaiming liberty. We're a nation that's promoting bondage. They've got Our government has websites that's basically encouraging people from other countries to come over here that advertise all these programs that will basically put them into bondage. And it's it's so sad when you see that because it's so far from what our nation used to be. Our nation used to say, "Hey, you know, here go to these areas. There's land you could you could homestead a land. You can have this piece of ground, build a home here. I mean, farm this place, do something with it. You can have it." Nowadays, we just want to tax everything. I mean, just tax it to oblivion. I mean, some of you have been in your houses for years and years and years, and you know what? Even if you totally pay your house off, you don't have a mortgage anymore. You're still paying taxes. Forever. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a far cry from where we were when we started. And many people, because of all the taxes and all the, I mean, really oppression that they're putting on us from these things, people are just saying, forget it. I'm just going to join the system. Well, it's not going to get any better there, I can promise you. It's hard, but we've got to get back to promoting national liberty. I believe that's one of the reasons God blessed our country like He did. And I think that's one of the reasons too why we're struggling like we are today because we're not promoting liberty anymore. We're not saying, hey, come over here and proclaim liberty. Hey, this is a place where you can be self-sufficient. Hey, we're saying, come over here and let us take care of you. That's not liberty. I don't want the government checking up on me all the time and telling me what I can have and what I can't have. and the government saying, you know, how much, trying to limit what some person can have. And the idea of fairness. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. A government's not capable of being completely fair, just like individuals. So there's gonna be unfairness. It's God that's gonna straighten all that stuff out. And we've got it, we've just gotta get back to promoting freedom. 
as a nation. God blesses those nations. But also not just national liberty, something we, something we ought to strive for, is financial liberty. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 22, and verse 7. It says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now we see in the Bible that there's a lot of laws and commandments in there concerning borrowing and lending. And uh, I don't believe that um, it's always wrong to borrow. But one thing that we're doing in this country uh, as individuals, I'm talking about individuals right now, is boy, we get ourselves in a lot of trouble financially. So I passed out this Sunday morning. You're not supposed to talk about money in church. Well, listen, did you realize that finances is the leading cause of divorces in this country? Financial problems are one of the leading causes of stress, suicide. I mean, a lot of the problems that we are having as individuals in this country are related to finances. It's one of the most stressful things. I mean, people are many because they are in bondage. They literally, I mean, they're afraid to answer their phones because it's the bill collector. So we they're I mean they're just they're they're scared they don't know what they're going to do financial bondage it's just it's killing our country and it's strangling the life out of people and you know sadly when it come, when we lose our liberty once again sometimes we're tricked into it but we usually ask for it you know I mean we've got these quick cash places in town if you want to get into financial bondage. I encourage you to use them. Uh, they will, they will get, they will get you in big trouble. But you know what? We have to walk into those places. We have to sign our names to things. We've got to be responsible with this stuff. Listen, I know I, I just bought a house, and it's kind of scary because you're making a pretty big commitment. And you know, we saw there were some houses that were out there that were really, really nice. But you know what? They were also really, really expensive. <laughs> and if we would have wanted, hey, we might have been able to get the bank to give us a loan for those things, but then we would have been in financial bondage. We would have been in big trouble. I mean, we would have been stressed out. Listen, there's some cars out there that are nice, beautiful automobiles. I mean, right now, uh, you know, I just bought a house and everything, so my, that made my credit, you know, real good. I could probably go to a lot of these places and I could walk out with one of those cars, but then all of a sudden. I'm in financial bondage. I'm trying to figure out if I can be wondering if I can be obedient to God and give my tithes and offerings because I can't make my car payment. They're about to repossess it. There might be somebody that I would like to help. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're struggling financially. But I don't have the freedom to do anything because I just went and asked for bondage at the car dealer from the credit card company. Whatever it is. I mean, if we're not careful, we when things get tough, that's usually when we end up in these situations. Nations who have lost their liberty, they went through hard times. They went through famines. And they went and they got themselves they went to help to places that didn't always have their best interest in mind. We saw that Wednesday we talked about that. The children of Israel went in seven years of there were seven years of famine. And they went to Egypt to get help, to get sustenance. And the problem, after that seven years, they didn't leave Egypt. They stayed in Egypt. And then they were there 
and ended up in captivity and in bondage, and God had to send a deliverer to get them out of it. When we lose our liberty, He said it's something that we agree to do. It's something that we do when things get tough. And what we've got to do when things get tough, we've got to just stand fast. Sometimes we got to stand fast, make decisions. You know what? That car salesman, boy, he's good. He's slick. He's got me all excited about this thing. But you know what? I can't afford it. I'm going to have to keep driving the clunker. Hey, you know that big screen TV? Man, 12 months, same as cash. But you know what? I want my freedom. Yeah, man, as nice as that thing looks, I'm going to have to say no. And it's tough sometimes. Boy, I mean, we've all, we've all gotten a fever before. They say there literally is. They've done studies on people. There is like your temperature goes up a little bit. Uh, you know, and you, when you go, when you're in some of these situations where you're wanting to buy something, we've all had the fever. And if we're not, if we've got to stand fast, because that financial liberty, we don't want it to steal our joy. We don't want it to ruin our families. We don't want it to get us out of the will of God. And I, I was, I was telling, in Sunday school, I was talking about this one before we started this church. That I didn't have a whole lot financially, but thankfully we were in a real good position where I didn't owe anybody any money on anything. And because of that, it made it real easy for us to relocate and to do what I wanted to do and to do what God had called me to do, to come and start a church in another town because thankfully I didn't have any financial bondage. There's other people out there that have wanted to do similar things, but there was no way they could because they were too tied down financially. And listen, I like things as much as anybody, but I love liberty. And so I've got to be very careful with what I do with my finances because it will, it will steal a lot of my liberty and I will be very limited in what I can do don't I mean and don't if you have financial liberty, don't lose it. If you haven't got it, boy, fight to get it back. It's tough. So we've been there. Uh, we we were there with the with all the credit card debt and car payments and all that stuff. Not making very much money. And boy, I remember we went on we went on a quest to be debt free. Took us two years, but I remember we got there and boy, it was exciting. Oh man, it was exciting. I was on TV. I was on the Dave Ramsey show. Called in there, and I've never watched the show. And we did the We're Debt Free Scream. I got it on DVD. I, I I will show it to anybody who wants to see it. And I might even show it to a few people who don't want to see it because I enjoy I, I enjoy showing it. They had our picture on there, and uh, it was it was a big moment. But you know what? One of the most cha- the most challenging thing for us after that we got out of debt was not going back into it because it was like you know what we got out of this once before. We could. Do it again if we needed to. I'd like to get that new car, but you know, instead it was just boy. I mean, the devil—he's always tempting us with things. He wants to take our freedom away, and we we're constantly losing it as a nation and in our personal finances because we just we don't love liberty enough. You need to love liberty. You got to fight for it, but not just national liberty and financial liberty, but also physical liberty. Now, this is another huge one. In this country, uh, go to First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. 1 Corinthians nine, verse twenty-four it says, "Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things." 
Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. You know, all of us, we, we, we like watching the Olympics. We like watching sports. We like watching the amazing things that people are able to do physically. Now those people, they're kind of like what Paul is comparing them to. They, they have their bodies under subjection. I mean, they, when they don't answer the call to McDonald's every time, you know, they see those golden arches. I mean, they're not doing that. They're not getting the extra milkshakes and the super sizes and drinking all the, all the stuff that, you know, the soda and things that we like. They've got their bodies under subjections and they do that because they want to be able to jump the highest or run the fastest or lift the most weights. That's what they want to be able to do. And I'm not saying we all got to strive to be Olympians, alright? I mean, obviously, uh, that's not happening right here, right now. But what we do need to be able to, want to do is have physical liberty so we can do the things that God wants us to do. But many people today are losing their liberty to a weed, to a drink, to a, a drug. Losing their liberty. You know how many people have lost their jobs and their families over a weed? It's not worth it. Listen, that's why I'm just not going to touch that stuff. People try to say, oh, it's okay as long as it's the moderation, blah, blah, blah. No, there's things out there that are addictive, that are harmful to your body, they, are, they will be harmful to your marriage. There will be, I mean, physically, there's, there's dads that can't do the things that they ought to be able to do with their kids. They can't run around and play with their kids because they are in bondage to a drug. And they don't have the energy. They're not able to do things. They can't work and provide like they need to because they're addicted to that alcohol or whatever. They can't keep a job because they can't stay sober long enough. They are in bondage to a drink, to a drug. Some weed, or maybe even maybe even food. Now, I'm not going to talk about food because we're Baptists and that's our drug. All right, you know, <laughs> we don't. We, but hey, we've got to be careful that we don't let that stuff control us to where we're not able to do the things that we need to do anymore because we are it's so bad off physically. I mean, it's crazy. I, I the I mean, I can't imagine what it'd be like trying to dry out from some of them drugs. I've seen. Some of the videos and heard of people who've dealt with that stuff. I, I have a tough enough time when I'm drying out from caffeine. I get headaches and I think all the time, what if I ever got started on a real drug? I'd be in big trouble. I mean, I can barely conquer Dr. Pepper, let alone alcohol. And people, but people today have literally thrown their lives down the toilet. They've thrown their careers down the toilet. They've thrown their marriages down the toilet, the relationships with families over a drug or a drink that is a drug. A sickness that you can go buy in the store. I can't help it. I'm an alcoholic. You know, I have I suffer from the disease of alcoholism. Well, I didn't realize they sold diseases on shelves. I didn't realize I, you know, you could the disease you have. You had to walk into a store and give them money so you can have that disease. And I, but understand what it is. It's just it's human weakness. Our flesh is weak, 
And we have a tough time controlling those things. And if we go and let them chip away at our liberty, that's why I was I was I was growing up and I was taught you stay away from that stuff. You know, don't ever, don't ever take that first drink. It's impossible to become an alcoholic if you don't take the first drink. That's my dad always told me. And you know what? Thankfully, I'm not dealing with that. But the truth, if I was to let it start chip away at my liberty, well, social drink now and then. Oh, just I just want to do it to relax, whatever. Pretty soon, I could become that alcoholic, and knowing me, I probably would be. And so, I don't want to lose that liberty. I'm thankful I don't have to worry about it right now. I'm thankful I don't have to go check myself into rehab. I'd rather go on vacation than go to rehab. But some people they can't do that. They've lost their physical liberty. They've not been able to keep their body under subjection. Listen, there's enough stuff out there that we have to deal with just by itself. I mean, just all the cancer and the flus and all the other junk that's out there that we can't really control. Why would we go and take things that we know are dangerous? I mean, that right there on the label, they put the warning. It's going to give you this disease, that disease, this disease. Okay. Why would we do that? I don't know about you, but I love liberty too much. If I want to be able to go and play a sport with my kids, I want to have the ability to do that. I'm going to have enough working against me too with just what age does to you. And yet there are young people out there, young people, that can barely do what some people who are 60 and 70 years old are doing. You know, because those 60 and 70 year olds, they're able to, because they've kept their body under subjection. I admire those who are able to keep on working even late in their years. You didn't do that by destroying your body all your life. You got young people that they want to, you know, tattoo themselves up and pierce themselves up and just do all these crazy things to their body. Listen, our bodies are fragile enough as it is. I'm not going to go do stuff on purpose. I don't like pain. I don't want to go sticking those needles in me like that. Forget that. It's like I feel bad enough when I take my kids and the doctor has to give them a shot. It's like, why, why am I going to go pay somebody? Forget it. Not interested. Physical liberty, but not only national liberty, physical liberty, spiritual, uh, national liberty, national liberty, uh, financial liberty, and physical liberty. But the last one, and really this is the key to having all of them. This is the key to having all of those, and that is spiritual liberty. Now that's what Jesus was ultimately what he came for. I love this story. Uh, I don't, I'm going to be referring it to it tonight. But Jesus in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Oh, I think I'm in the wrong passage. Oh, that's I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay. Luke 4, 16. says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of them all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. I love that. 
passage they've been reading for, I think, 500 years, Jesus said, this one was just fulfilled today. I'm here. Spirit of the Lord's on me. I'm here to proclaim liberty. And He's talking here. They were all thinking national liberty, actually. Because when Jesus turned out, they figured out that hey, He's not here to defeat the Romans. That's when many turned on Him. That's when Judas ended up betraying Him. He was there to proclaim spiritual liberty. And that's something that we all can have and we can only have it through Jesus Christ. That's spiritual liberty. Psalms 119, verse 45, it says, "...and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts." When we follow the Word of God, when we are obedient to what the Bible has to say, that is where we get spiritual liberty. That liberty that's on the inside. Did you know you can have spiritual liberty in a country controlled by a dictator? You can have spiritual liberty when you are dying on a hospital bed, when you don't have the physical liberty. You can have spiritual liberty in all those times. That liberty to know that, hey, I am saved. I'm on my way to heaven. There is nothing I can do to lose my salvation. And that that doesn't mean, oh, so now I can sin all I want and not worry about going to hell? No. Because you have spiritual liberty. You don't even have to sin if you don't want to. Now, obviously, we mess up. Obviously, we fall down. But we don't have to sin. We don't have to be that alcoholic. We don't have to get in the financial bondage. We don't have to have all these things. That I can't help it. That's just me. That's my personality. That's who I am. Well, then obviously, you don't have spiritual liberty. You don't have to be an abuser. You don't have to be a criminal. You don't have to be a thief. God gives us liberty. He's proclaimed liberty to us in His Word. And it's not just magic words where, boom, He says it, we're free from everything. No, we've got to follow what His Word says. We've got to follow what the Word of God says. And when we do that, we'll have liberty. We'll walk at liberty. As a nation, if more of us as individuals would start following the Word of God, then we would have liberty in our nation. One of the reasons that we lose a lot of our freedom is because of people not following the Word of God. In Chicago, just this week, they were having that big rally for the Blackhawks. And nobody was allowed to have backpacks. Nobody was allowed to have backpacks. You know why? Because two guys in Boston that who that had the freedom to carry backpacks went and they misused it and now, everybody in Chicago lost their liberty. I guarantee it's going to be harder to buy pressure cookers now. You know why? Because somebody misused their liberty. It's getting harder. They're doing more and more right now to try to get rid of guns because of people who have misused that liberty and have been irresponsible with that liberty. And as Christians, like, like well, you don't understand. People can't help it. If they get a gun, they're going to start shooting people. Not if they have spiritual liberty. Listen, I've had one for a long time and I've never shot anybody. I haven't even thought about it. Well, maybe. No, <laughs> I, no I don't want to shoot anybody. You know why? And here's one of the reasons. Even if I think about it, because I don't want to lose my liberty. I'm not going to prison. I'm, listen, I'm not going to prison just because I think somebody's an idiot. I'm not, I'm not going to prison for that. I'm not losing my liberty. 
I love it too much. And people are all, they're always trying to blame all this other stuff. Well, it's the backpack's fault. It's the pressure cooker's fault. No, it was the individual's fault. They went and they, they didn't have to do that, but they misused that liberty. And as a result of that, not only will you lose your liberty, but others will lose it also. That's why we have some of the goofy laws because of people misusing the liberty. They said, you know, they make the roads for us. People want to drive like idiots. I mean, really, when you stop and think about it, they shouldn't even need a speed limit. We ought to be responsible enough to drive in a safe way. When you're behind the wheel of a vehicle, I mean, you're moving pretty fast. That's dangerous. But you know what? People aren't responsible. People, they misuse that liberty. When you, I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that for a grown adult, they have a law that you have to wear a seatbelt. I mean, really, it, to me, it only makes sense to wear a seatbelt. It's safer. But why are they always making these laws that should just be common sense? Because of people who don't who they misuse their liberty. Once again, we don't because we don't love liberty. We're not responsible with it. And we need to be responsible with our liberty. If we're responsible with our liberty, if we're not responsible with our liberty, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose it for ourselves and we're going to lose it for the next generation. And once you lose liberty, it is really, really hard to get it back. It can be done, but it's it's really hard. Our founding fathers... They thought it would be better off to just go somewhere else and start all over. You know, they could have went and just fought for liberty there in England or over there in Europe, but I think they felt it was too far gone. We would be better off going, traveling across the ocean, going somewhere else and just starting all over. So that's how hard it is to get back liberty. And that's why we've got to be very responsible. God has given us a gift in this country. This country is a gift from God. In Galatians 5.13, it says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. That's Many people, they think of liberty in that way. Oh, Christian liberty, that means, hey, we're free to do whatever. We can do whatever we want. No, God said don't use it for an occasion to the flesh, but use it as an opportunity to love one another and serve one another. Did you know it's getting harder in our country to do this because we're losing liberties? For example, I know there was a church that I know of that had they had a food pantry, a real big one. They served, I mean, helped a lot of people with it. But because somebody somewhere, I don't know what they did, misuse it, maybe didn't keep the place clean, let the food get too old or something, they put in these. Stupid laws telling them that they got to meet all these goofball requirements. This church had been doing it for years. And the church said, we can't do that. They financially did not have the means to get the place up to code like the city was telling them they had to. And you know what they had to do? They had to close the food pantry down. They weren't able to help people like they were before because lost a little more liberty. That's happening all the time. It's harder. For many there's many ministries that churches used to do orphanages. There was even uh, you know, hospital ministries and things that they were always involved in. But now there are so many regulations that we can't do that anymore. 
We can't keep up with those laws. We can't keep up with these taxes. We can't do that. And so they've stepped aside. The government's taken over. And they usually don't run things the best, do they? And what it all comes down to is we let our liberty get chipped away at. And we need to be obedient to Galatians 5, verse 1. And we need to stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Listen, if you're saved today, God has called you to liberty. Don't go back in that sin that you used to do before God called you out of that mess. Why would you go back in it? Have you ever seen anybody when they're coming out of prison, they get they walk outside the doors and like, I'd rather go back inside. No. They're looking over their shoulder wondering if they're going to change their mind. They don't want to go back there. And we don't want to go back to bondage. And so let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. Standing